Welcome to Make Out With Him, a crushes, dating, friendship and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rosianna Hulse-Rojas. We are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody or nobody. You can send us your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or use hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter or tweet at makeoutwithhim. If possible, please include your pronouns and the name you'd like us to call you or you can be anonymous. And if you'd like to help us out with running costs, you can support our Patreon at patreon.com slash makeoutwithhim. How's it going? It's good. I noticed, I listened to the previous podcast back. Well, actually, I think it was two podcasts ago. Probably the previous one as well, though. And I say the word like about a hundred times. You're very self-aware of it. Yes, and I'm going to try really hard not to say it today. And if I say like, I need you to... Slap you in the face. Pinch me. Slap you in the face. Give me a... What are they called? Give you that hoedown down. What's it called when you twist someone's nipple? <laughs> Probably something offensive. Wet willy? No, that's the year. Wet willy? <laughs> Definitely not wet willy. What part of, of touching a nipple is the wet willy part? How do you live your life? What's up with you? Well, I just got keys to the new flat. I'm betraying you. But then, to be fair, we're betraying each other. Um, I mean, yeah, as in we agreed on a choice together. Yeah, we're a long time... It's not the first time you're hearing about this news. No. But yeah, I just got accused from your flat, by the way. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> so that's very exciting. Um, we had a day trip to Cambridge yesterday, which was lovely. There were lots of events that I'm not going to talk about on this podcast. I'm just going to tease them lightly. Um, um, we- and <laughs> then on Saturday, I saw Lord. Oh, yeah. And we saw lots of cows. You missed that out of the cage. Oh, we saw part. lots of cows. Um, did you buy lottery tickets? I did. all the weird stuff that happened yesterday, all the coincidences? Yes. After all the coincidences, I did buy one lottery ticket and I got a lucky dip. And um, funnily enough, one of the numbers that came up is 27, which is a lucky family number. Oh, I didn't know you could even see what your lucky dip number is. If you get it in person, I passed a news agent uh... and stuff like the in-person things. Um, and yeah, they show you your lucky dip numbers. I have a bit of a gambling problem. And by that, I mean, sometimes I enter the lottery. And I actually think it's kind of your fault. Yeah. Because I remember you talking about the lottery to me before. And I never really used to do it or even think about it as a thing. And then suddenly you're like in your mid-twenties, approaching your late-twenties. And you go, huh, I'm never going to be able to afford property. Like, before the age of... 50 and I'd quite like a flat at some point that's mine so that I can paint it um you know millennial pink yes and get a small puppy to run around in it and run in the paint yeah to run around in the paint and have a millennial pink puppy um and I the only solution I could find was to enter the lottery because all I need is all I need all I'm asking for is like you know a hundred thousand pounds a cool mill I mean, a cool mill would be great, actually. And I often... So, like, when you enter the lottery, it's... Um, I said like and you didn't pinch me. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't hear it. Well, it's yeah. almost like you're not listening to me. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking about my cool mill. <laughs> <laughs> I am always thinking about my cool mill. Because I just want a deposit for a flat. And, like... Yeah. Oh, I said like again. Oh, God. I just want one nice holiday. One nice holiday and a whole flat and... Yeah, that's it. Is it so much to ask for? A cool mill? I just want a cool mill. just want a cool mill. Yeah, I want to own property and also, you know, be like a secret Santa but with money. Yeah, that would be fun. I was talking though yesterday to you 
I don't know why I'm telling I was story there. so weirdly. Yeah, I tell a lot of stories to Rosiana where she's like, I was with you. Yeah. We had this conversation together um, about how complicated it gets if you have a big lottery win. Like, how many people do you tell? How much money do you give away to people? What a struggle. I know. <laughs> Life's big questions. I got into a fight with my mum because she was saying, well, obviously you'd buy your sister a flat. And I was like... <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe I'd just buy a house and we could live together because me and my sister live together now and it's really nice. And if I won the lottery now, I'd probably just want to buy like a three bedroom house <laughs> and um, and just live there with her and it would be delightful. But my mom was like, no, you need, you know, why wouldn't you buy your sister a flat? What a horrible thing to say. And I was like, we're not fighting about this. This hypothetical lottery situation that isn't going to happen. It's so silly. My family, we grew up like, we we're a pretty conservative by British standards family. Um, you know, my parents didn't like, I never saw my parents drunk. When they um, had something to drink, they would like go up and lie down. Um, what? I, they, they would say like, oh, I need to lie down now. Like, that's what's happened. They're tipsy. Like, something's happened. Like, if I, I have, lie down. If I have one drink, I definitely need to lie down immediately. Yeah. But they would never say that word and they would like fervently deny it if we said it in front of them. What? Um, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch... I used to watch Charmed for um, like a couple of seasons and then my mum said I wasn't allowed to watch it anymore because it was too satanic. Uh, um, yes. Things like that. Um, however, the lottery was something that we all loved doing. And so, uh, every now and then, like if, especially if it was someone's birthday and when you were uh, too young to play it yourself, you, like I would ask my parents to like buy me a lottery ticket and like what? everyone was involved with my sisters to buy me a lottery ticket. We would sit and watch the national lottery, like numbers come out. And we really, we didn't like play every single week. We didn't have our set numbers or anything like that. It was just something that it was like. It felt really special and um, it had a kind of magic around it. And I still feel like that about the lottery. And when I was at university, um, I played the lottery a lot in my third year. <laughs> I played the lottery like the Euro Millions, like, I don't know, once every couple of weeks. And I won regularly like £10, £5, £20. So 10 million. 10 million. Regularly she won 10 million. Cool mil. <laughs> cool 10 mil. Um, so it was, it was kind of a nice little boost and I hadn't really, I haven't really played it much. Um, but this day that I had yesterday, there's just a lot of like really weird coincidences and luck happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and my sister said it was because the full moon is in Sagittarius and I'm not entirely sure that I think that that's why I think it's just sometimes <laughs> life is strange. Um, but you know, go with it what you will. Um, so yeah, I bought a lottery ticket. I don't know if I've won yet, but I've got it. I would just like to say that. A, I also feel the magic of the lottery, mostly because as soon as I've bought a lottery ticket, I feel like I've won until yes. they draw the numbers. So you get this weird holiday from your life where you feel like you've won. But B, I would also like to say that we don't endorse gambling. <laughs> Are we even allowed to talk about gambling positively? Yeah, you gamble responsibly. Yeah, gamble responsibly. Like, I go to Vegas. Like, I love I've never been to gambling. Vegas. What? I just gamble, like, I literally go to Vegas and I make 25 cent bets and then if you know I gamble at most like $20 okay well so, fair enough but... I endorse responsible gambling yeah you can gamble the same level as I do and no more which is approximately one to two lottery tickets a month um also I read a really interesting article yesterday about this guy who was really good at um statistics and stuff and he worked out a way to like game this lottery mm -hmm. in America. It was this trickle down lottery where if nobody won, then it trickled down 
and the next people would get money and it kept on kind of dividing so if you got four numbers you get money you've got three numbers if you got two but it would just reduce every time and he worked out that actually if you bought a few thousand dollars worth of lottery tickets you would always make a profit on a day when there was a trickle down what like a, it was ridiculous it was a really interesting article i will put it on the patreon um i mean the, that lottery doesn't exist anymore for obvious reasons but there were a bunch of people forming these gambling groups where they would go and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on tickets and would always make a profit. Wow. And in the end, his group made a profit of something like $7 million over the whole time they were doing it. And he only started when he was in his 60s when he retired. And I was just like, huh, I really got to work out how to trick the lottery. Got to learn math. I've got to learn maths and crime. Maths and crime. Two <laughs> subjects that I... Did not do well in that No, school. I've never excelled at maths or crime, but there's always time. We're still young. Yeah. Should we do a podcast? Um, why not? Okay. Who wants to go first? Uh, well, you go first. Okay. Our first question comes from Kay, who says, Hi, Lex and Rosianna. I generally view myself as a pretty cool gal, but for some reason I allow myself to keep going back to boys that are not worth my time. I especially keep going back to this one guy that I know is and never will be anything serious, which bothers me because he doesn't really seem to respect me or value my presence at all. In fact, he seems more like it is sometimes a bother when I come over late at night, even though he invited me over. So what I'm looking for advice on is to take a step back and stop giving my time to boys that are not worth it and find a way to maybe just raise my standards. Thanks again. Can't wait to listen. Kay. Oh yeah, I know this problem. I think, um, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I know anyone who's not had this problem. Yeah, Because it's so annoying. The people who really get under your skin are the ones who, or at least speaking to me personally, the ones who completely ignore you or treat you like shit. Oh, yeah. And then the moment they do notice you or, like, do have some indication that they respect you or value your presence temporarily, you're like, oh, I'm really special. I mean, I'm getting aroused just listening to you say this. Yeah, it's like I found there's like I've had like a, a full spectrum of this kind of interaction with people, especially like just with like guys. Sometimes it's like it's on a, like a micro annoying scale, and sometimes it's on like a macro like abusive, downright abusive, manipulative, awful scale. Um, it's I think a pattern that a lot of people see in their relationships. Um, dalliances etc um and it for me at least it like has to come back to me saying I'm not going to change the way this guy behaves and I'm like I have no control over that as you say it's like it comes down to you and how you regard yourself and like as you say not people who aren't worth your time and the space you do and do not give them in your life. But you almost, like... I feel like I have to boot camp myself when I'm dealing (laughs) with situations like this. I'm like, you are not going back there. Like, all the lyrics of New Rules by Dua Lipa. Like, (laughs) you're not doing the situation. It's not worth it. And it's hard because also, like, it's not just, like, a plain thing. It doesn't exist in, like, I'm going to make this bad decision now. It also comes at times, like, sometimes when you feel really lonely or sometimes when you're having, like a bad situation or sometimes you just like you like someone and you can't help how they're behaving um but yeah it just involves a lot of self self-talk yeah I don't like that phrase you have to choose you're always making a choice right because even if it feels like oh you 
you can't help yourself. You're having a crush on this person and, oh no, suddenly you, you want to kiss him, so you do, because it's fun to make out with him. And then, <laughs> I said the name of the thing. From that point onwards, you have feelings. You catch the feelings and you just continue down that path and suddenly it feels like you didn't really make a choice, but you've ended up in this situation that you know is bad or that you keep coming back to. But you can always choose not to. Like, you can always choose happiness choose happiness guys choose happiness choose happiness because i um don't know if i can really speak to this because i think i just got lucky in that i had loads of relationships like this or crushes or whatever and then i started dating somebody who just happened to be nice and i guess actually i think when you are used to being attracted to people who treat you terribly the fucker boys the fucker um, boys. i don't know why i said it like that um that is part of the attraction because you like to chase and feel like they're unavailable and all this other stuff i mean you don't necessarily like it really but that's part of the attraction to that kind of person at least for me it, it's more of a conscious choice when you have to go on a date with somebody or meet somebody and think oh they're nice and maybe that doesn't give me the instant attraction because they're not aloof or like they're not drawing me in somehow being I was gonna say sexually dangerous but that's not <laughs> what I meant at <laughs> all anyway um you have to make a conscious choice to give stuff like that a try and see where it goes because I definitely found that I had to work a little bit harder to give a nice a nice guy, but a genuinely nice guy, a chance. And then it took a little while, but then the kind of attraction grew. It wasn't, for me, normally it's that instant kind of obsessive attraction of... Almost like risk and danger in there and like, what are the stakes here? And Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, I don't know, like, obviously this doesn't apply to everyone as well, but like for me, so much of the attraction of those guys is that the way they treat on like a subconscious level the way they treat me in those situations of like I don't know like having you feel like you're a bother when you're invited over that kind of like suddenly turning kind of cold that's like the way I then convince myself I deserve to be treated I think it's really helpful for you to maybe even write down what you want and need from a relationship because that's something that I basically never did until I was newly single out of a relationship that had been really unhealthy and I wrote my kind of shopping list of the kind of ideal guy, not in terms of looks or whatever, but in terms of how our relationship would be and kind of, it is an interesting thing, like what the contract of a relationship is basically, like what you expect from the other person in terms of what you need emotionally and all that kind of stuff. And I think that if you're in a situation where something obviously isn't turning out that way, is not you know fulfilling any of your needs, You just have to go, this is never going to get better. It's never better than it is at the beginning. And people don't change as much as you would want them to. And a lot of people waste a lot of time trying to change other people. But it's just, I mean, it's, you know, it's not wrong. They might go on to find happiness with someone who's very detached as well. And that's what they like. They like lots of space and they don't want to feel like they're being overly affectionate or they might be really annoying and and like after you date someone and just be really enamored with them and you'll be like great so it it was just me basically they're just probably not going to change so you have to at some point realize that you can't work on something constantly to try and make it better you just have to go this isn't what I want from a relationship 
and you have to have the strength, even though it's really hard when you really like someone, to just step away because you know that's never going to end in happiness and joy in a Taylor Swift music video. I have Taylor Swift tickets. Me too. So I said I I refused to buy Taylor Swift tickets because um, they were hideously overpriced, which they were, and she promised she would never do this, and she has betrayed us all and is a traitor, and I don't take any of that back. But... I really wanted to go and see the giant <laughs> animatronic snake. And my sister really wanted to go. She's been a fan of Taylor Swift since... I mean, I think one of, the, one of the early times she saw Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber was supporting. So, I mean, you know. Olden days. He broke his foot and kept dancing. Apparently it was very That's impressive. quite impressive. He had a work ethic back then when he was a tiny baby. Um, anyway. I've seen the videos of him drumming. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty cool. Uh, maybe he is cool now. I don't know. Um... So basically they reduced the price of Taylor Swift tickets by only £20. And I was still like, yep, that's it. I'm in. You've sucked me in. I'm going to Indianapolis because I bought my tickets in Indianapolis when I was still living there, even though I knew I was moving home. But I was just caught up in the frantic heat of the moment. And I can't make the London dates because they're during VidCon. So um, what can you do? Sometimes you just got to see Taylor. I keep getting invited to pre-VidCon parties and I haven't been to VidCon for years. Our second question today is from Arunal who says, Dear Lex and Rosianna, I'm in the last term of my first year at university. Overall, I've really enjoyed my time here. However, a close friend I made in the first term of university still wants to hang out all the time, but I feel like we don't actually have that much in common and I think I would be happier if we just weren't friends. Last term, it felt like we were peacefully drifting apart. But then she took me aside and told her that our drifting was really upsetting her. Although I felt like the drifting was a good and natural thing for us, I panicked and told her that I was really sorry and I'd make more of an effort. She's also going through a difficult time at the moment and I don't want to upset her, but hanging out is never something I look forward to and I find it really draining. I got a new boyfriend at the end of the first term, which I feel that she blames me for having less time for her, but I know that if I really wanted us to hang out, I would make time. How do I get out of this? I love the podcast. Anonymous Runal. I like that it's a runal now. Like this was sent in from a runal. A runal. A runal. One of the many runals. <laughs> it sounds like a kind of worm. You got two options here, I think. I've already made a strong decision on this. And your two options are A, it's really hard when you're in your first year at university and you feel like you're struggling to make friends and everyone else is making friends and it's just a tricky situation. And obviously, you don't have to be friends with this person. But if there's any way that you can dedicate a really small amount of time to doing something where you know that you'll actually enjoy their company, like maybe the cinema where you don't really have to talk. Bowling. Uh, Bowling. I knew you were going to say bowling. I saw your mouth forming the word bowling before it came out. (laughs) Bowling is a word that, um, it makes your mouth make the shape of a bowling ball. Bowling. Makes you feel like a fish. Bowling. Everybody at home or wherever you are in public, ideally, Say bowling really slowly and think about how your mouth makes, makes a bowling ball. And as you think of it, think of um, Harvey Kinkle in the shape of a ten-pin bowling pin. What are you talking about? It's Spring Teenage Witch when they oh, turn Harvey into a bowling course. pin. Duh. Duh. God. Keep up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like, obviously, if you really don't want to spend time with this person and you know she is destroying your soul then option two is to be honest and say and it will be a really horrible hard conversation but just say I don't think we have that much in common I've enjoyed the time that we've spent as friends my schedule's really busy actually there's a secret option three which is that you just like say that your schedule's really busy all the time but then that person's gonna be left feeling 
feeling constantly like they're waiting for you to be free. I don't know. I feel like it's I feel probably... like option three isn't an option. No, it's the hidden option that most people take, but it should not be the option. So well, I feel like option three will either lead to option A or B at the end of wait. Yeah, you're right. One or two. Yeah, was it A or B or one or two? I've got no idea. I think, or is it like I and II, like Roman numerals? <laughs> um, I think that the first option you should only do if it's fit, if it fits your schedule and if it if it's not actually going to cause you any unhappiness. I just normally I'd be a bit harsher, but I feel strongly lately that we don't realize the power that we have in situations like this. And I remember being really mean at school when we wanted to cut someone out of our friendship group when we were 12. And it's just these kinds of things that shape people's lives. I feel like I'm putting way too much pressure on you, but just even accepting that not all friends have to kind of serve this great purpose or be the best person ever. And just, you know, finding, yeah, as I said, some way of spending time with her, maybe even in a group or something where you don't feel like she's sucking out your life force is an option if you're feeling like a really nice person. But you don't have to be because you can also look after yourself and take option two and just say, hey, you're nice, but not for me. Yeah, I think there's a way to do it without the, like, by modern parlance, cancelling of someone. I think that there is, a like, a, you know, it's not going to be comfortable if you have the conversation, but, like... I think it's necessary to be kind of straightforward about it, but also compassionate um, that this was obviously a kind of hard thing to hear. Um, but I agree, on the other hand, like, I don't know, we have a really big impact on how other people experience the world. And there are, like, gentler ways to do it <laughs> and harsher ways to do it. And I remember the same thing. I remember, like, being in Borders in Kingston... And our friends were having a conversation because one of our friends had been, like, really annoyed. I don't even know what she'd done. Like, just been annoying. We decided we weren't as, like, into her as we had been. And then we, like, made her cry. We, like... You broke up with her. We didn't break up with her, but we were, like, this behaviour, she wasn't doing anything wrong, isn't, like, isn't right. But, yeah, I don't know. There's just things like that. I mean, that and that was obviously, like, younger and was, I think, even harsher than you would ever be. Anonymous, Bruno. Um, but I think about that a lot. I, I'm just really conscious of the amount of questions that we get in our inbox from people saying, I'm at university and I'm really struggling to make friends. And I really feel for those people. And I do really feel for you too, because I've also been in this situation. But I think that's with why... Me? Yes, I didn't know how to tell Rosianna that I didn't want to hang out with her. And now here I am living with her. It all went horribly wrong. Get out while you can. Can't believe you brought into the podcast with a fake question. <laughs> I'm sorry I wrote in about you. I feel mean that I'm putting all this pressure on you to to make like I don't I don't think that you should feel like this is your job. I'm just putting the option out there to see it from that perspective. And you can just ignore the option if you want. We're really not helping because the question is like, how do I do this? And we're like, two opposite complete opposite paths. Only you can choose. But then I guess that's life. Our next question comes from Summer Roberts. Hi, Summer. How's it going? Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Hi, Lex and Rosianna. I currently work at a turtle rescue centre. What? It's absolutely my dream job. I'm immediately furious. And I don't know why I'm furious that someone else is living my dream. Oh, I know why. I just said it. You're living my dream. Give me my dream. It's mine. 
Anyway, I currently work at a turtle rescue center in Athens and live with my co-workers slash volunteers. Anyway, last night my co-worker, male, finally made out with our boss, what? female, <laughs> who he was after for a while now. Our boss is engaged and the co-worker has a girlfriend. Oh, but thank God they finally got together. Everyone was waiting for it. Oh my God. I am all about sisterhood, so I have the urge to tell her on Facebook, but I don't even know her. I'm not good friends with him, so is it really my place? Oh, and he leaves in two weeks anyway and goes back home to his girlfriend. What should I do? Love and rainbows, Summer Roberts. Well, you're in a predicament. You have... (laughs) End of answer. That's okay. I feel like you have no... I will first out say, I don't think you have an obligation to do anything. You can very happily and with full heart not do anything. I think if you feel like you need to do something, then you've got to talk to the co-worker. I think that you don't know the girlfriend. I understand and sometimes in those situations when you see something that happens like that, that you're like, this is so wrong. You have this kind of, I, or I at least, speaking for myself, rather than just like applying my experiences to you, which is our entire podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I feel like I must fix this horrendous situation. It's like the whole outrage feeding itself and I just become like a fiery demon and I want to correct all wrongs in the world um, or like take really drastic steps. In this situation, if you're going to do anything, then you should speak to your co-worker and ask if they're going to tell their girlfriend and have a conversation about it. The thing is, you don't know what their relationship is. Like, I'm not going to say that I assume that it's like an open relationship or that they have an agreement or anything like that. I just think that their relationship is their relationship. And I, even though I know that if I were in a monogamous relationship with someone... And someone else had seen him cheat on me or something, that I would want that information. Mm. I still feel like there's an element of like, you don't know what their relationship is. But <laughs> I don't know. This, but part of me is still like, well, maybe she should know. What do you think? I think that A, if you don't really know, I mean, okay. How long are you working at this turtle rescue centre? Yeah, we need more information yeah. about that situation. At what point are you leaving? Because is it a situation where if it's a volunteer position that's for a certain amount of time, can you leave and like drop some truth bombs and just walk away? Do you need references? Yeah, do place? you need references? Because, I mean, A, you said that you would tell uh, the co-worker's girlfriend, but what about the boss's fiance? Like, there's two people being cheated on in this scenario, unless they obviously do have some arrangement. But as far as you know, there's two people being cheated on. And I understand the kind of sisterhood thing of, like, telling women, but I also think that if you were to do one, you should probably do both. (laughs) Honestly. Burn it all down. Yeah, exactly. May the bridges you burn light the way. Exactly. Um, And I also think that... I I agree with Rosiana. It's not your place to do it. That doesn't mean you can't, but it means that you shouldn't feel like you have failed in some obligation to do it. Because I have been in similar situations to this before, and it's really weird and hard. Especially if you're not close to anyone in the situation, you just feel like, and how is this my job? Like, it's not, it's not up to me. Especially when you think about the fact that in, in lots of cases, not 
okay, this is not statistically backed up, but I feel like in lots of cases, other people will know who are closer to the couple because often when somebody cheats, it's part of a pattern of behavior. Not all the time, but but I have, in, in my experience, anytime I've seen this kind of behavior happen, it's like, oh no, other people in the group know. People who are closer to that person's partner know because it's just this horrible thing that happens often where everyone feels like it's not their job to tell someone and it's bad, it's bad. But I think it's not your job um, to do this. But I also- Your job is to rescue turtles. Your job is to rescue turtles, primarily. Um, your, your job is a turtle rescue center, not a marriage and relationship yes. rescue center. Center. Still a rescue center. <laughs> Still a rescue center. Not an adultery truth telling. Intervention. A turtle intervention adultery rehab. <laughs> anyway. What does that anagram do? I don't know. Not a word, I don't think. Tiara. 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 Anyway, um, but if you did want to do it, then I would not judge you at all. And I don't think anyone would. Because, yeah. I, yeah, I think that it, it isn't your job to do it. But if you feel like that's the right thing to do in your gut and you feel like it won't damage your job prospects forever, then I think you should just go for it. If you do go for it, I'd, I'd say that, like, I think it's really important to say what happened, not speculate around it. Yeah. If you do feel like you need to say it, then just, like, say, this is what happened, this is what I saw, not, like, any extra stuff around it. Yeah, not this person cheated on you, or, you know, just not putting any of your own emotions or, like, rules about relationships into that. Just, hello, I know you don't know me, um, but I saw this thing happen and describe exactly what happened, and I thought you should know... Sorry if that's not my place. Bye. Slide yeah. away. Slide away. Slide away. <laughs> Slide out of those DMs so fast. Yes. So even saying that out loud, I felt so uncomfortable. Like the idea of having to send that message. And also the fact that I was saying, sorry if it's not my place. Because it isn't. But I'd still do it. Probably. You'd do it. I guess. I would, pro- I would do it if... I didn't need a reference from the tur- <laughs> from the turtle man. You didn't need a turtle reference. Yeah. You know, I don't think I would. Um, I would talk to the person. I would say, mm. what was that about? Yeah, I still think you're right. Talk to the person first. Talk to yeah. the adulterous turtle captain. <laughs> talk to the adulterous co-worker. Yeah, and I think speak to both of them and say, hey, what's the deal with this? Yeah. And if they're real assholes about it, Press send. <laughs> Burn it all down. Burn it down. Oh, remind me to never cheat on you. I mean, you shouldn't. No one should. You hearing me, boyfriend listening to this? <laughs> anyway, uh, next question comes from Ella, who says, Hi ladies, so glad you're back. Here's my question. I've succeeded in my love life so far, but I suck at friendships, and I keep zero pals from school or college. My partner is my best friend, but also my only friend, and that's kind of sad. Have you ever experienced this type of solitude and really wanting to meet new people, and at the same time being afraid of it? Can someone settle for a life with love, but no friendships, as some people find friends but no romantic partner? Any advice for a freelancer girl with social anxiety, that means I work from home, and no prospects of meeting new people in a tiny city? Thanks for your help. Ella. Although, as I'm a friend failure, you could call me Ronald. 
Oh. <laughs> Sick band. Dicks. <laughs> Dicks. Weasley is our king, Ella. <laughs> she said, laying back on the pillows like a Tudor king. <laughs> um, punting made me feel like a Tudor king. I love punting so much. I've gone punting twice in a week. Punting, for those who don't know, is when you're in this kind of long boat and you use a big stick to push yourself about or you just lounge while a member of your party punts you around or you just lounge while a handsome punter punts you around. Gives you a good solid punting right in the punt. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas Yana looked really uncomfortable because I was staring directly into her eyes as I said those words. I mean, punt is just a word that goes so many places. Punt everywhere. Anyway. So to your problem. (laughs) Yes. I'm not saying you're going to break up. But what if you break Wait. up with your partner? Oh, I was like, wait a minute, but she didn't talk about any relationship problems in this question. I, there's no relationship problems that yeah. we know of. I'm just saying, maybe you'll be together forever. Maybe you won't. And in that scenario, what are you going to do? Right, and some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just asking. What are you going to do? Well, that's, I mean, it's good motivation to um, find people. Again, we kind of spoke about this on maybe a couple of podcasts ago, but that whole idea of um, groups of friends may be a bit, like, overwhelming when you try and think of, like, making new friends in a new city. Mm-hmm. I know that when I moved to Indianapolis, I was like, where's my group? Where's my group of people? And so I used to have a group of people around, and I was like, oh, I don't have my group. I have, like scattered and discordant people around the city and who I like but don't know each other and I can't throw parties really tragic for me (laughs) so I think the first thing I'd say is um when you think of friendship start small start um maybe thinking of it as someone who you see once a month for a coffee or someone who you see in the same place and have a chat with it doesn't have to be as big as like going on friend dates and doing friend things, but I think that there are probably people in your life who you can make connections with, even though you do work from home. Um, I know that you say you have social anxiety, but I'm sure there are people who you interact with every day, um, or at least every week, um, whether that's when you're by yourself with other people. And I feel like that's a good place to start maybe building those building those connections and friendship. To your question of, is it okay to have just a partner and and no friends? It is. Like, no, there's no right way of living your life. Um, and especially, I think, as we get older, people tend to kind of retreat into their relationships a bit more. And when you talk to people who are in their, like, late 30s or 40s or, you know, even older than that, a lot of people's social circles have shrunk a lot and mostly include, you know, like a partner or um, close family or just a small group of friends. And so I don't think that it's wrong to not have friends and to just have a partner. But like I said, really horribly and inelegantly at the beginning, what if you guys broke up? That would leave you in a situation that would be quite difficult. And I think that, I mean, that's not the only reason to make friends, but it is a good reason to think it would be great to have some other people to interact with and talk to about things and lean on. It's also, it's quite a lot to deal with if you only have one person that you talk to about things. And that puts quite a lot on your relationship to be everything. Like, 
if your partner is your best friend and the person you're in a relationship with and your number one confidant and who do you talk to about relationship problems for example maybe it's just your partner which you know sometimes good but sometimes you need to talk to other people even just a friendly dog have you tried the internet yes we the would we would recommend full the internet of friends <laughs> i tweeted a, a while ago just saying like hey if you want to make friends just reply to this tweet with some facts about yourself that you're comfortable sharing and like hundreds of people did and everyone started having conversations and it was so great and one group who all loved Eurovision started talking again on Eurovision night discussing what was happening and the results and stuff it made me so happy because I was I was like at replied in every single one of those tweets and I did not care that my mentions became unmentionable because it was just so much fun to see everybody making friends I really want to do that more I don't know how I just love bringing people together I think that we're in a really exciting time in the internet where we're realising that the social structures that are around it don't actually create good social glue and instead there are all these really cool like community building projects and community centred projects. A friend of mine, Zuleha, is a member of a One Direction Slack for older One Direction fans and That is amazing. And they just like talk to each other all day and like have the Slack ongoing. <sighs> I'm like a member of a couple of book club slacks. I'm um, I have some discords that I'm part of. Like there's so much social internet going on that isn't on this like big loud scale. It's these smaller communities. And yeah, if you have that initial prompt where everyone's um, kind of meeting each other for the first time, as with something like Lex's tweet, or you come into a community, I think it's a really nice way sometimes to. Um, I don't know, kind of give yourself also the confidence about it, um, about meeting other people and also like how likely it is that you'll meet other people and um, have conversations with people that you enjoy, whether or not they've become like lifelong friendships as we see or like just someone you enjoy talking to once every five weeks. How, I'm asking for our listener, but also for me because I've never done Slack. Hmm. How does Slack work and how do you find people to hang out with? Slack is closed communities and like essentially business-focused chat rooms. They're like built for businesses and startups to communicate with each other. Um, so you can create a Slack for free, but there are limits on like how many messages you can send and um, you know how many files you can upload to stuff. And then you can go in and like delete the Slack file so that you don't go over your limit and have to start paying. There are all these extensions you can add to it. So we used to have a Trebek bot um, trivia add-in. Um, <laughs> the Jeopardy game in the US and you can also add like Giphy things and so on it's very exciting Discord is like an online version of Slack where you don't have the app to download and you can just do it all online um, so there are yeah there are lots of different like cool things and I, a lot of friends I know have um, like they'll download like random messaging apps like Peach is it called Peach? yeah um, the bot one yeah and they'll just like chat to each other on that so I think that there are ways of finding these once you find people on a bigger scale who you like, then maybe start narrowing in on, like, all right, these smaller communities where we can go and talk. It's really cool. I don't know. I feel hopeful about the internet in a way that I hadn't for a long time. That's delightful. We should be sponsored by Slack. We should be sponsored by a lot of things. Everything we talk about. This week's question from the internet Woo! is from the girl.com forums, where I used to create anonymous usernames to ask questions about... <gasps> like bodily fluids and stuff because I was too scared to ask anyone Aww. about them and I was just like oh I'm really 
embarrassed and I made like a username that was just like random numbers and letters because I was so scared that anyone would ever found out that I'd like asked questions about my body it's very cute anyway thanks shout out to girl.com for making me feel good assembly <laughs> what said excuse me what's this bodily fluid the title of the forum post was I am crushing extra hard on a college professor. I'm a 21 year old girl who's in her second year of college. I think my crush began developing last year when I saw this professor walking around the halls of my building. I mean, hot. I thought she was going to say like when I saw him shirtless by accident. I saw him walking. It was so hot. I constantly run into him nowadays but never talk to him since he's not directly my professor and that precisely is my problem. I started to realise during the beginning of this semester that it was no longer a casual oh he's attractive but a full on crush that has me daydreaming during class. My classmates have mentioned him and said he's got many female students crushing hard on him so it's not only me. You'd think that would comfort me that I'm not alone but it doesn't. It makes me feel worse when I hear rumours of him hitting on other female students. So it's not just that they have crushes on him. Mm. It's seriously messing me up. Part of me sees this as an opportunity to successfully date him, but another part of me is absolutely grossed out by his actions, if it is that he does hit on many female students. I'm terribly torn between wanting to hit on him and thinking it's unethical for us to date. I know this sounds very silly, but I've got zero dating experience, and nowadays I can't even concentrate on anything. I'm always just daydreaming and thinking about him, and it's driving me crazy. Just today I ran into him and almost tripped on my way back to class because he smiled at me. Has anyone else ever had an experience like this? How did you guys handle it? Oh, yes. I've had experiences like this. <laughs> Me too. Many of them. First of all, yes, it is unethical for you to date. I'm just going to put that yeah, out there the re- up front. The reaction you that you have when you're like, oh, it's really gross that he's hitting on these other girls. It would also be gross. I mean, it is gross. It's, it's horrible. Appropriate. But yeah. The one thing I do want to say about that is with literally every... So I went to an all-girls secondary school. You went to an all-girls secondary school. I don't know if it was the same in your school. In mine... Every single male teacher, there were rumours about how he'd slept with a student or, like, was hitting on students. We didn't have that so much, but we did have, like, any guy under the age of, like, 35 was, you know, a 9 out of 10 because he was a guy under the age of 35. And in the world, he would have... I mean, I shouldn't rank people by appearance, but, you know, I will. In the world, he would have been, like, a 5. A 100%. But in school, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's a man. But I just... I mean, I don't want to discount people's accounts of what's happening i just also know that like in that environment everything can feel so charged Mm -hmm. and also because you want to find out more about this person who you literally have minimal information about because they're not hopefully telling you about their personal and private lives you create these whole mythologies around them and like Mm -hmm. we would create these whole worlds around with the nuggets of informations that informations (laughs) um that our teachers would tell us but yeah no it's not appropriate don't date this person (laughs) I mean, that this person who asked this question is never going to hear this because we stole it from the girl.com forwards. But if any of you are thinking about dating a professor, even if you're no longer legally a child, it's still a creepy power imbalance. You shouldn't do it. They obviously shouldn't do it. But I just hope you know that it's wrong. It's so wrong. It's wrong. Just because Arya did it on Pretty Little Liars doesn't mean you should do it. And I know people who have. But What? Or like with like teaching assistants or professors and like that yeah and kind of that dynamic Mm. but to me the power is so out of whack yeah and also i think that like there is nothing wrong and like Mm. truly nothing wrong with like having a crush or like whatever fantasies fantasies 
fantasies etc they should stay a fantasy but I think that the moment they become real they change that's not the same thing it's like yeah. with many fantasies like the moment it becomes real it transforms into something different yeah um, and I think in this case what it's transforming into is bad <laughs> <laughs> it's bad it's bad I um, I used to have a huge crush on the teacher at my old primary school and not when I was in primary school when I was 16 and I went back for work experience I was just in love with him and it was really obvious it was really funny he was hilarious like really sarcastic and witty but also so sweet to the students and I just oh, just fell for him and he was you know probably in his early mid 30s and I just thought he was but cat's pajamas and I had a crush on him for a really long time because I extended my work experience to stay and the head teacher definitely knew it was because I had a huge crush on him and made a comment to my mother about the fact I was like mm, she's really enjoying his class isn't she because I was the TA and uh and then later on I went back and taught like an art class at that school as part of an arts award thing that I was doing when I was in sixth form and was still madly in love with him and I used to always see him when I was on my way to work because we'd cross paths when he was on his way to my primary school and I mean the crush just never died it's still going strong even though I haven't seen him for years he's he was dreamy um but the thing is I always used to fantasize about us making out in the supply closet because you know that was my 16 year old brain but my god if anything had actually happened I would have felt so uncomfortable and, I mean, not now as an adult woman. Come get me, Mr. Whatever your name is. I literally don't remember. So clearly it was a strong burning love. But, you know, as a child, which I was, I was 16, even though I was, you know, I was legal, still a child, it, it wouldn't have been a fun, happy fantasy had it come true. And it wouldn't have been when I was 18 either. It just would have suddenly been like, oh, no, you actually, you're kind of weird and creepy and you're kind of abusing this power dynamic and I'm obviously way too young and it's obviously not okay and yeah, it would just instantly become something dirty and like not in a good way, you yeah. know? So yeah. Yeah, I do know that. I was voted most likely to marry a teacher from our school <laughs> jointly with my friend. Well, actually I won't say her name on this podcast because she didn't <laughs> it. Because we both had the biggest crush on our form tutor who everyone knew about. Including our form tutor, obviously, because it was not subtle. I've now seen a picture of this form tutor, and goddamn, he was actually hot. He was actually hot. He yeah. wasn't like you know hot for school, um, and hot for life. But I was like, I was just so embarrassing. I would like, oh, <laughs> I would like find ways to like sit near him in assembly. Like it was just not a good situation. I would, um, I don't know, just. But I also, like, had this weird, like, I was always got along really well with teachers in general. So I always felt an element... She was a swat. (laughs) But I always felt, like, an element of, like, close to them. Not actually, but just kind of, like, I could confide in them and talk to them about, like, what was going on and stuff. And so when that blurs, that it's like that kind of position of trust stuff. Mm. When that blurs, it's really confusing. Oh, I did speak to him quite recently, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I was, like... I felt really embarrassed because I was very obvious and I also was like, I was a mess during secondary school. Like I was a high pressure, high stress, depressed, overworked, under accepted to Oxford (laughs) mess. So I would like routinely just cry in class and all these things. I was like, I was very unhappy, but also very happy, strange times and very in love with my teacher um, so I recently sent a message that was like I'm really sorry that I was like quite a lot of work he was like yeah it's fine 
they kind of brushed it off and it was nice because it felt like that thing that felt I think after a while those things can feel quite shameful and like quite yeah you're like you're carrying them and like when you look back at something like that and you see that there is obviously like such a difference in power and also age because he was like at least 15 years older than me um then you can sometimes feel really ashamed of it and I'd also say that if you're kind of on the other side of it don't feel ashamed for it because they probably like at most just like laugh it off yeah and you just needed your closure you just need your closure I needed my closure Basically, if you're listening to this, don't date your teachers, professors, anything like that. And if you're a teacher or professor, don't be creepy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, We have to finish the podcast now because my boyfriend's here. What just happened? There's a ghost in this room. It's a bubble wrap ghost. Um, We'll wrap it up. Wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Daddy taught me good. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and if you want to send in your questions, you can send them to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or tweet us at makeoutwithhim. Our theme music is by Orla Gartland. Thank you, Orla. She's great. And if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so at makeout, no, at patreon.com forward slash makeoutwithhim. There we go. I like how angrily you self-corrected. No. no. It's wrong, no. Rosiana. No. We saw Orla live recently. It was great. Yeah, maybe we didn't talk about that. It was wonderful, but we promote her too much at the end of the podcast. Yeah, you're right. You've got to start paying for this promotion time, all that. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Review us on iTunes. Bye. Bye. <laughs>